0: And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, president of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And our guest today is Jeff He's an executive vice president at Barclay, which is an independent ad agency in Kansas City, Missouri. And Jeff has been actively studying millennials for several years now. That's that group that we're hearing an awful lot about. He's the author of a number of reports on millennials, and he's the co-author of a book called Marketing to Millennials, Reach the Largest and Most Influential Generation of Consumers Ever. Jeff frequently speaks about marketing to millennials, and he's the founder of Share, Like, Buy, which is an annual millennial insights and marketing conference, and it's coming up again in September. I want to ask him about that today. Jeff has 25 years of hands-on experience marketing major brands, including Sonic, Hallmark, Build-A-Bear Workshop, KC Masterpiece, and Payless. He's also the lead editor of a blog about millennial marketing, and here today to talk with us about why this group is so important is Jeff Rom. Jeff, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thanks for including oh, me, Kelly.
1: Absolutely. This is, uh, as I said, a group that we hear so So much about. I mean, there were the baby boomers and and a number of different generations, but this group has been getting, I think anyway, a lot more attention. Even why why the attention? Why do millennials matter? Why is there such an interest in them?
0: Well, uh, there are a couple of good questions in there. First of all, I think part of the reason they're getting so much attention is they have uh, the ability to amplify their views because they're two and a half times more likely to adopt digital, social, and mobile technologies. Mm -hmm. So as more and more people have smartphones and more and more people are using digital, social, and mobile technologies, uh, millennials are getting more and more noticed. Um, And and I think part of what uh, is intriguing business owners and strategy professionals and marketers is that millennials already have 21% of the consumer discretionary purchase power, mm. and many of them are still just finding their way into careers. So as you look at the math around what that will look like over the next couple of years, uh, they're going to be the dominant economic force in this country and probably globally, um, um, <coughs> so Definitely something for people to to start to understand.
1: Right, and when you say twenty one percent of the buying power already, and when you think that the oldest of this group, um, I believe the way you define it anyway, is that they're they were born around nineteen seventy seven. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: right. So, so 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 quite a few of them are actually becoming new parents. Yes, but, but the youngest are you know entering college.
1: Okay. So, what are some of the industries that are being affected? Are there specific ones more than others that are feeling this, uh or or is it pretty much uh, something that's going to going to affect all industries? Um
0: well, over time, I think it'll affect nearly all industries, mm-hmm. but right now, you know, you see early on a significant impact in industries like the restaurant industry and in certain uh facets of retailing it has a big impact. Um millennials uh Love, for example, the fast casual category. So many of the highest-growing restaurant brands are in the fast casual space, and so we see brands like Chipotle, uh, you know, doing really well, selling their product at full price to millennials who are loyal. I'm dispelling many myths, all in one one sentence right there, um, and and they do it because you know, as a brand, uh, they really hit on a lot of the millennial themes. Um, but it's not just the restaurant industry. It's quite a few industries. Even in industries like, um, you know, technology where the buyer is often older, the influence is often a millennial. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I often get input from younger people before I make technology decisions
1: about oh, what's cool and useful. <laughs> definitely. You have to go ask your kids so what they're using. So, uh, But, again, the industries that you're seeing impacted, if I'm hearing you right, right now are the ones that are going to be, uh, corresponding to their age right now. So as they get older, and as as you pointed out, many of them are having families now. They're having their first children. So as they go through the various stages of life, eventually all industries are going to be impacted. So uh, what, what are some of the brands that you're seeing having a lot of success taking advantage of the millennial population right now?
0: I think some of the brands that have the biggest uh... – uh, success follow a, a new framework that I'm going to talk about for a minute. But mm-hmm. you see brands like, uh, you know, f- for example, uh, Target and Nike and uh, Warby Parker and Chipotle that do very well with millennials. And the framework that I think they follow is what I call participation and shareworthy, which is millennials love to co-create products and services. They love to co-create experiences, and they love to co-create marketing, and that's all about participation. The new economy is a participation economy, and winning with millennials means delivering not only on functional and emotional brand benefits, but on participative brand benefits. Mm-hmm. The big multiplier are the brands that get way more credit and opportunity hit on Shareworthy on top of that. And Shareworthy follows several millennial life themes. One is around peer affirmation. Uh, and the desire to share with my peers things that I think are remarkable, and the other is around um doing good uh and um they really align to brands that have a purpose that aligns to their values and so when you do when you do both of those, you can be very, very shareworthy. If you add a third component, which is millennials love disruptive schemas, they have no equity in the old then you really, really get to super shareworthy. And so the, those three themes involve um so many things that are hot buttons for millennials around it, thirst for adventure and uh, peer affirmation and desire to to try new experiences. But um but the brands that are winning are really trying to come to them on their terms and uh mm-hmm. and that's hard.
1: So I guess conversely then the brands that are not doing those type making those types of efforts are the ones who are losing out right now. Even though yeah, okay. they're not targeting them.
0: Yeah, so you do have some brands where that's not the target for today and, yeah. and that makes sense and so they're you know they're not gonna do that. At some point it's gonna become a target. Or yeah, they're losing out, they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh and it does it does take a lot of effort because most of the marketing uh, strategies and skills that people learned are being challenged. Uh, you know, people learned about functional and emotional brand benefits, but they've never heard about something called participative brand benefits. And, right. and the notion that the, that consumers are going to co-create the products and services as well as the customer journey is very new. That's not part of the four Ps of the marketing process. So it's a fairly disruptive process, and, and the brands that are embracing the disruption tend to be the winners. Uh, they tend to sell more product at full price, and they tend to get more m- more share of market and share of voice because millennials want to share that with their friends. They love brands that are different
1: so have you seen any overriding influence on millennials that have caused? some of these uh, characteristics that you just described, you know, the, the particip- participation and share, you call it, uh, and you mentioned peer information, doing good, and the disrupt- disruptive schemas. But is there any particular uh, reason that this is relevant to this group? Is it the way uh, they were taught in school, the way they were encouraged to share in the classroom? Is it the way they were brought up by a, this group of parents? I mean, what what was the influence here?
0: I think that uh you have a couple of influences, not just one variable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have normal evolution in consumer culture meeting rapid evolution mm-hmm. in, in consumer technology, and this generation being, you know, the first to, in many cases, grow up with this technology uh, and be very comfortable with this technology from very early days. It also means they're more informed and more connected globally. So events that, you know, happen on faraway corners of the world, uh, you know, whether it's terrorism, whether it's uh cause campaigns, whether it's something good or something bad, um, they connect to it and they see it and they feel it instantly through online channels and social channels. Uh many of them could get their news from, you know, curating their news feed on Twitter if they wanted to right uh, they know how they know how to do it it would be harder for many of the rest of us to uh, curate our content that well but that would be logical for them
1: so what are some of the con- every generation uh has its you know its its misconceptions about them and of course all of the, all of this is is somewhat of a generalization too there are always the outliers of, of any group right. so so is it a myth i oh. mean is it is it are there some myths and misconceptions that people have of Millennials that your research has borne out because I know you've been very active in researching this group.
0: Yeah, I think there are quite a few myths that are uh, being debunked. Well, the first myth is that they're all young and mm. uh, focused on themselves when in fact we have uh, I think more than 12 million Millennials who've um, started families here in the U.S. and um, they're starting to settle down and they're mm-hmm. starting to grow up and you know have different priorities That doesn't mean they don't have a thirst for adventure or a pure affirmation theme, but, you know, they're starting to raise kids. Uh, Another another myth is that uh, uh, this generation is focused on themselves, and uh, Time magazine uh, came out with a point of view on that, which I think is uh, based on a huge fallacy. Uh, This generation is the most cause-concerned, generation ever. This this generation gives their time to charities on an ongoing basis. Uh, but because they use technology to take selfies and post on their Facebook pages all the time, because <laughs> they grew up in a digital era, right. uh, we think they're the me generation when in fact they're just experimenting. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to see it as such.
1: Right. Uh, well, Obviously, and truth be obviously told, not
0: for the editors of Time, however.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, truth be told, how many of us did a lot of those kinds of stupid things, we just didn't have a public forum like Facebook to post it, so only our immediate group of friends knew how stupid we were being. So
0: Exactly. You know. <laughs> so if you look at nor- what I would call normal evolution of consumer culture with rapid evolution of consumer technology, I think you have that at the core. Uh, I think that explains a lot of the myth and mystery uh, that's going on. Now, you do have some real changes. Uh, people are getting married later. People yes. are, are starting families later. Uh, uh, Millennials do value uh, useful, and so useful is the new cool. And if you're selling cars and houses and big-ticket items, think about how you can be useful uh, because then you'll be really relevant as a brand. And we see mature brands doing this. I mean, you know, Starbucks sells a lot of full-price coffee in the morning to plenty of millennials who, you know, have smartphones and scan them as they pay for their cup. Right. Um, So I I think some brands are, are seeing you know, this is a generation that has needs and has money, and uh, and, and we're going to have to just behave a little differently to make sure we meet those needs.
1: Sure, and and you know, I, I brought this up before and touched on it just a little bit, uh, but didn't ask the question directly. And that is, you know, in any group uh, that we categorize, there's there's always outliers, and especially when it encompasses. A, a number of years like this as I believe it's roughly nineteen seventy seven to two thousand, there's always going to be some who don't match the 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 typical millennials. So is it fair is it is it a mistake to generalize millennials as just a single group? or are there different types of millennials that a brand marketer should be considering when they're targeting this group?
0: You're 100% correct. It would be a mistake to generalize millennials as millennials and there's a huge difference between a 19 year old boy in college and a 30 year old mom starting her, starting her family. Um, we saw attitudinally six unique segments uh, in the mm-hmm. work that BCG did uh, doing some analysis of the original research. Uh, there's a group of Uh, a segment within the millennials we call the anti-millennials, which is those people who don't enjoy digital technology and don't want all these things. Mm -hmm. So there are unique segments. um, And even within the millennials, as new parents, we'll be issuing a new report in a few weeks. Uh, There are unique segments within that group as well. So uh, the common threads, though, are, are general Truths about the generation. They are very generally, you know, going to adopt new digital, social, and mobile techn- technology, and they are generally, you know, very interested in adventure and peer affirmation and these kinds of themes. But there are certainly outliers, and it's not just one or two outliers. It's you know, 15% of the cohort.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty significant number. So. Um, it- Speaking of this group, and then say on the other extreme, because there's a couple of uh, generations in between. But the baby boomers, are there any sweet spots where the older audience, fav- what o- older audiences favor, and what the millennials are beginning to expect overlap, and it could be a marketer's dream? Is are there any places where uh, a marketer could could, could just uh, target and and really hit the jackpot among these groups?
0: Um, I think there are ways where you can look at common threads um, in your brand equity that transcend across generations. I don't know that there's a universal truth for all marketers, uh, aside from perhaps the notion that useful is the new cool. Uh, I think that's a millennial-inspired concept, and I think more and more uh, older generation people are starting to feel the same way. Uh, which right. is brands that are useful tend to be very cool, and so I think we see that millennials often uh, are the spear in changing things, and so we we see uh, we see some things around that that tend to transcend but but it would be more often that we would see, well, this brand has this truth with this mm-hmm. cohort that's also true with this co- cohort. And, and and you know, the common theme is sharing, perhaps, or whatever that equity is for the brand. And then you have to determine, well, then how are we going to go ahead and leverage that with each group? And, and, and that may be different, you know, communicating with different groups on their terms. Sure.
1: Well- to wind up here, I want to make sure that you let all of our listeners know about the annual conference. This is the third annual, I believe, for your Share Like Buy, and it's going to be in Kansas City next month. Tell us about that. Well,
0: uh, thanks, Kelly. Yeah, so I founded uh, Share Like Buy with the team here at Berkeley in um, 2010, and the idea was to explore n- the newest trends in millennial culture and emerging technology, stuff that's not... Um, all accepted today as sort of, you know, the norm, and so we'll have two full days of uh, of speakers on September 25th and 26th. It's a public event, and anyone can come to sharelikebuy.com and learn more and register and hopefully join us uh, to hear what a variety of different people think about different topics, and and also to hear from some major and emerging brands. Both.
1: Yes, you have same, quite a lineup again. Yeah, sharelikebuy.com, and uh, major brands represented there, Uh, and this is a national conference. You've held it uh, previously in San Francisco and in New York, and now it's coming to Kansas City, so anyone who's listening outside of Kansas City today, uh, absolutely, go check it out, sharelikebuy.com, and if you're trying to reach this group, this is a conference you need to get to, so... uh, Jeff, any parting thoughts about any you know anybody who's out there who's trying to target this group any any last thoughts as we wind up here today?
0: um sure, one quick last thought and and that is uh one way to target millennials is to to rapid prototype your idea and test it um because millennials love to try new things, and so if you've got an idea that you think is on on target, find a way to quickly put it in market and and get feedback or have them help you create it and from the beginning, yes. co creation is part of what they love to do.
1: Right, that participation thing. Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you here today. And again, sharelikebuy.com. Go check it out. The conference is coming up next month. And for all of you who would like more information on how to grow your business, be sure to visit ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook at our Thinking Bigger Business Media page. And also follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger. Thanks for tuning in today and have a great weekend.
0: Thanks, Kelly.